Welcome to Health Pulse podcast. My name is Connor Delaney. Uh, I'm CEO and President of Cleveland Clinic Florida. Robotic surgery is an alternative to minimally invasive surgery. It has entered into almost every surgical specialty over the last few decades, including my own of colorectal surgery. Cleveland Clinic's robotic assisted systems with mechanical wristed arms holding surgical instruments are controlled by the surgeon with the aid of a high definition and magnified uh, 3D optical system. This allows for a lot of flexibility and fine control and precision, and we can kind of operate around corners that sometimes you can't do with straight laparoscopic instruments. And that can, in certain areas, give us certain improvement. And certainly around thoracic surgery and around cardiac surgery, it's, it's an exciting opportunity to explore. And with that in mind, my special guest for today is Dr. Philip Bongiorno. Dr. Bongiorno is a thoracic surgeon and is affiliated with Cleveland Clinic Florida Weston and Wellington specifically. He received his medical degree from University of Michigan Medical School and has been in practice for more than 20 years. Philip specializes in the surgical treatment of diseases of the chest and heart. Cardiac surgery deals with the heart and thoracic surgery focuses on the lungs. Dr. Bongiorno specializes in heart disease, coronary artery disease, heart valve blockages, and heart failure, as well as focusing on the lungs, esophagus, and other chest organs to treat lung cancer and emphysema, among other things. Thank you again for joining us, Philip. It's really a pleasure to speak with you today. Well, thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Great. So, uh, Philip, at Cleveland Clinic, we've uh, adopted robotic technology into thoracic and cardiovascular surgery. Um, and I think for what you do, it's often critical to the goal of treating disease with minimal injury and minimal access as much as we ever can. And obviously, this has allowed us to increase treatment options for our patients based on customization when appropriate. Can you explain to listeners what robotic surgery entails just to kind of get, get over that first hurdle? Absolutely. Yeah. The first thing that I tell patients is the robot does not do the operation. I think there's sometimes a little bit of maybe sometimes concern or confusion that the robot is actually doing something, but the surgeon's in control of the robot at all times. So um, with robotic surgery, um, the surgeon is controlling the robot. Um, it provides us, as you mentioned, great vision and very precise micro instruments to allow us to do complicated things. Yeah, so it's, it's kind of becomes this interface for us, right, between our, between the end effector instruments and, and what we're doing to the patient and ourselves. Um, and I, I think particularly in the chest with some of the fixed anatomy around ribs and other structures, it's really interesting to explore. So the computer enhanced robotic system includes three primary components. Can you explain to listeners and viewers um, today uh, what those are? Sure. Um, part of the robot that goes next to the patient at the bedside is called the patient console. And if you walk into the room, that's exactly what you see is all the action is going on at the bedside. You see this rather large machine with four arms and the arms are moving. Um, and that's how we interact. Um, the first thing the surgeon does is places ports and those ports are connected to that patient console that the instruments are placed through the ports. The second part is the, is the surgeon console. The surgeon is not at the bedside during the operation. He is sitting down looking into a video screen. In fact, the robot does not move unless the surgeon's face is plastered into that video screen. 
that activates the instruments. Um, we have two um, control arms and we have seven foot pedals. So between our fingers and our feet, we're moving all parts of the robot. Uh, it kind of feels like I'm the Wizard of Oz sometimes. You're sitting behind a curtain, you're shrouded, and you're making all this action happen. Um, the third part of the robot is the, what they call the vision cart. That has all the um, video equipment. It has the energy for the electrical electrosurgical instruments. And it also has the computer that controls the robot. So I don't think the computer is really the brain of the robot. The surgeon's the brain, but that computer is really like the spinal cord. So the surgeon makes inputs at his console. The computer turns those inputs into movement at the patient console. Yeah, that's actually a great analogy. I like it. Yeah, the surgeon stays as the brain. I like that too. Um, okay, yeah, I like that. That's a great. Yeah, yeah, it's a super analogy. So, Philip, maybe talk to viewers and listeners about some of the advantages and disadvantages of um, robotics, and maybe two. One is robotics over non-robotic minimally invasive surgery, um, and then we can talk about minimally invasive surgery itself. Okay. Well, let's talk about advantages. Um, for the surgeon, he can see the best he's ever seen. The um, image is magnified and it's panoramic. I think the definition of modern medicine is being able to see. And whether it's what we can do in radiology with CT scans or MRIs, ultrasounds, echoes, being able to see what's really going on, I think is what's really advanced medicine in my 20 years. The video equipment of the robot is just an extension of that. We can see, I can see inside the chest like I've never seen before. Certainly what I, not what I can see with my own eyes. Um, the other advantage for the surgeon is the micro instruments. They're very precise. Um, they allow us to get into small spaces, um, allow us to um, really even do things that you cannot really do with open surgery um, because of the vision and the, and the good instruments. For the patient, I think the main advantage is just the limited amount of trauma to the chest wall when we do thoracic surgery. And that really is a key key thing in, in um, making the recovery quicker. Um, disadvantages, for the surgeon, there's not a lot, except that it doesn't work really well if they're scarring. We need a big open space to take advantage of the vision. So if it's a redo operation or they're scarring for some other reason, that can really limit our options. Um, the disadvantages for the patients, I think, sometimes might be related a little bit to access. At Cleveland Clinic, you know, we want to provide easy access for as many patients as we can, make our doctors available, make our operating rooms available. Um, and the robot is just a little bit of a limiting factor. So the patient may not have as many options for the date of their surgery or their time of their surgery. But that's, I think, about all I can really think about for disadvantages. Oh, and then so you asked a little bit about comparing to uh, thoracoscopy, which is yeah, you know, what I've done. Yeah, just the laparoscopy or thoracoscopy versus robotics. Uh, exactly. It's sort of similar. And, you know, and I, I think um, you might, it's appropriate to call it robotic thoracoscopy in a way. But when we do thoracoscopy, we place a camera. The video equipment is not quite as advanced. And then we have one member of the operating team holding that camera at all times. So we take a person out and we're basically asking them to move the camera and they're using their experience to move the camera. And that's not quite as good as the robot system. We um, make ports in a similar fashion and we insert instruments through there. 
And for thoracoscopy, we have both. Sometimes we adopt the exact same instruments we use for open surgery if they'll fit through the access. Uh, and we have specialized um, uh, thoracoscopy instruments as well. These instruments tend to lever right at the chest wall. And so they're not you know, quite at the same precision. And they do, I think, cause more chest wall trauma. Uh, sometimes when we do thoracoscopy, it's minimally invasive, and sometimes we're a little disappointed that the patient still has a lot of discomfort afterwards. Um, and it really, you know, we I think we always think we can do better than this, and I think the robot maybe is a way to do it better. Yeah, and I think uh, I agree. I think particularly around thoracic surgery, when you're working between those ribs and you've got that very fixed point, that's one of the things that the the spinal cord of the robot, as you mentioned, can fix that point so it literally doesn't move any further. Yeah. Then, of course, there's the other things like like suturing. I, I think for in complex site, if you're suturing, not that we certainly in, in GI surgery, we do, often don't suture laparoscopically, but you know, for what you do, and we might talk later about valve surgery and things like that. It, it opens up uh, other 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 opportunities and other things we can do. Yes. So, so maybe you can also share with us the or explain the difference between a traditional open heart surgery compared to a robotically assisted heart surgery. Thinking of the incision, how different it is, uh, and how that translates into recovery time changes. Okay. Um... Traditional open heart surgery, the most common way that's done in the United States and around the world is through a breast bone incision where the surgeon cuts the, the breast bone from usually from the top to the bottom. We do have some techniques where we only cut half the breast bone, but that requires a significant amount of healing. That bone takes six weeks to heal, and a lot of patients don't even like the idea of having their breast bone cut. It is a great technique, it's very safe for the patient, allows the surgeon access to all regions, but um, a lot of patients are looking for other options beyond that. And so with robotic surgery, we're able to move that incision from the front to the side, we work between the ribs. Um, there still is a um, incision, which I call mini, that might be maybe two or three inches in size, but the rest of the robot ports are all literally poke holes, maybe only a few millimeters in uh, width. The rest of the operation is conducted in a very similar fashion. The patients require cardiopulmonary bypass. We use similar techniques that we do for open. And what we've done with the robot is try to actually sort of standardize it and simplify some of the techniques that we use. And uh, in, in medicine, generally, that's good for the patient to have it as simple an approach as possible. It's very reproducible and it becomes very safe. Yeah, I think that's a great explanation. And I, I always tell patients having laparoscopic colorectal surgery, you're doing exactly the same operation we used to do with open surgery. But for you, translating a you know twelve inch incision up and down your breastbone to a tiny incision between your ribs with no bone being separated is a big, big change. And obviously, that translates into a, a very different recovery postoperatively. Yeah. So, are there are there specific limitations? And individuals who aren't recommended for robotic assisted surgery, and, and if so, why might that be the case? I think for the most part, there aren't that many limitations. Um, as we gain more experience, we're willing to apply these techniques to most patients. Body shape and size makes no difference. I mentioned before scarring. So if we need a space to work in to take advantage of the great video of the robot, and so as long as it's not a multiple redo operation where we anticipate scarring, and I think um, the, uh, all the techniques can apply to almost all patients. Uh, sometimes for heart surgery, 
um, we would have to be focused in on one one problem at a time. We sometimes are given patients that have multiple issues that have to be addressed, different valves, um, maybe bypass surgery as well. And so the robot is not really facile in that regard. And so you have to sort of go to more traditional techniques. But if you have a single problem like a mitral valve uh, that needs to be repaired, it's a really nice tool. Yeah, I think that's one of the key strengths of particularly robotic minimally invasive surgery, if there's something really targeted like that. So if it's a valve of four vessels, it's probably not the right one for an exactly. invasive approach, but if it's a valve, that's just perfect. So, so we incorporated thoracic surgery after our successful experiences with cardiovascular surgery. What conditions affecting the lungs would benefit from using robotics and minimally invasive approaches? I think the answer is pretty much all lung surgery can be done robotically. So a lot of what we do are lung tumors, lung masses, sometimes lung cancer. And so those are very adaptable. And then we also do um, other areas of the chest. The mediastinum is sort of the area between the lungs um, uh, above and below the heart. And those areas are easily addressed by the robot. They're, um, um, when I think about lung surgery, I think the biggest part of what we call ERAS, enhanced recovery after after surgery, is the chest wall trauma. And by doing lung surgery without, with minimizing any trauma to the chest wall, the patients are so far ahead in their recovery. Yeah, I think it transforms recovery. I mean, we had the same experience with colorectal surgery as we developed laparoscopy. And when we partnered that with, as you said, we called it fast track surgery initially, but then enhanced recovery yeah. more recently, and we changed patients needing to stay in hospital for seven to 10 days down to one or two days. It's just a dramatically different recovery. Yeah. They go home taking Tylenol instead of opioids. It's just, it's it's very different. So, so maybe explain a little bit what a, a patient can expect before, during, and after a robotic surgery. Maybe you can bring it to life for them and take them a little bit through those, those steps that you take. Okay, well, I think that I would reassure the patients that they're getting the exact same evaluation before surgery regardless of what tech, technique we're going to use. So it's going to be a careful um, evaluation, um, work with them to make a decision about whether surgery is the best choice or not. Um, so all that doesn't change. Uh, when we get to the operating room, um, our goal is always to complete the safest operation that we can. And with the robot techniques, we're going to be able to use, I call them micro incisions. These are literally just poke holes, bigger than a needle, but nonetheless, um, uh, just a, a poke hole for the most part. Um, and the operations were going to really mimic exactly what we do with open. Um, and so they get the same surgery, the same result. Um, anything we've looked at in thoracic surgery, the results are either equal or actually improved. Certain things like with lung surgery, removing lymph nodes, which is part of the standard operation, can be done so much better with a robot. And when we survey, in my own personal experience, I'm removing and doing a much more complete job with the robot. Um, after surgery, I would tell patients to be prepared to get moving. The recovery after surgery is a lot of it's on the shoulder of the patient. We ask them to get out of bed, to walk, to do breathing exercises. Um, you mentioned length of stay. Our goal for our lung surgery patients is to get them out of the hospital on the second day, and the team is disappointed if they're not home on the third day. With open surgery, we used to kind of give them that five to seven day window. When we did thoracoscopy, um, we were 
getting people down to the three or four day window, but we routinely charge uh, discharge people on the second day. We ask people not to really exert themselves for that first week or two, but really people are getting back to normal routines. It's uh, um, you know stuff like returning to driving or even going back to work is accomplished in that first week. So that is really a game changer compared to you know other types of thoracic surgery where the disability can be kind of pronounced and people may need weeks or even months to get back to their normal routine. The surgery is the same whether they need bypass or they don't or whatever else, depending on the procedure you're doing, but it, it transforms the, the patient experience and particularly recovery after surgery. So robotic assisted surgeries for cardiovascular and thoracic surgeries have really impacted the way certain operations are performed and particularly patient recovery, as you've heard from Dr. Bongiorno. Surgeons can now perform more complex surgeries with smaller, much smaller incisions, and with the magnification and view that we get with these techniques, really super precise uh, surgical operations. So following Cleveland Clinic models of medicine, the thoracic and cardiac surgery department collaborates with many other specialists to provide patients with coordinated diagnosis and treatment plans, which then assist with a wide range of conditions affecting the heart, lungs, and chest. To make an appointment with Dr. Philip Bongiorno, please call 877-463-2010 or visit my.clevelandclinic.org. Philip, thank you so much for the valuable insight into robotic-assisted technology and the incredible advances you and your team are making with these complex surgeries. I really appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me. It's been my pleasure. And thank you uh, to all of you, viewers and listeners, for joining us. And I look forward to you tuning in next time for our next Health Pulse podcast. Thank you.